Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Friday, everybody. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and out every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. It is all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And, uh, of course, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors. Now the weather's gorgeous, so go out to the lot and check it out. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory. Great time to trade in as well. Awesome time to trade in. And not only that, they have fabulous, and I do mean fabulous, Pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. All right, fun show coming up today. We'll preview Penn State football. Donnie Collins will join us a little bit later. Frank Bodani in just a few minutes. We'll talk with him. Uh, get his feel for the season as well. We've got Reginald Walker to talk about the season. Penn State will take on Wisconsin tomorrow. Camp Randall and Madison kickoff is set for noon. We are on beginning tomorrow. Uh, from Camp Randall at 10.30, Jack Cam and I will have the game for you tomorrow here on the Penn State Sports Network and WKOK, the WKOK app, the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. And... Uh, it's just great to have the season starting. Will it be a sellout tomorrow? Maybe not. Uh, there were about five, 6,000 seats available. Uh, and people have said to me, I'm really surprised that seats are available. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. As you know, I've been very cautious about how I look at the situation with COVID in terms of making predictions. Very cautious. Because you don't know how people feel. Have they had it? Do they know somebody that's had it, a loved one that's had it? Uh, do they have comorbidities? Uh, is there there's still, for them, a fear factor about being in crowds? I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. So there'll be minimum 70,000 there tomorrow. Will it be sold out? Maybe not. And it might not be sold out for the reason I talked about. People are aching to flock back, but not everybody's comfortable going just yet. And we have to respect that. We really respect Frank Bodani. He's coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street and Summary, the beverage supermarket right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street and Summary, the beverage supermarket. Yes, indeed. It's that time. Stock up for the weekend because there's football all over the lot this weekend. Stock up now. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. 
six great flavors of slushies, and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none, all at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now to bring in our old friend from the York Daily Record, the outstanding Frank Bodani. Frank, great to have you with us. Welcome back. Uh, doing great, Steve. Good to be seeing you here shortly. <laughs> great to be seeing you as well shortly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you watch any of that Alliance press conference yesterday? And if so, what were your takeaways? Purposely, no. Off. I was actually off for a few days oh. this week, but I did monitor from afar, and I realized that I missed absolutely nothing <laughs> by not tuning in. Um, I, you know, there just was a lot of... Uh, rhetoric of feel good you know this is going to be great but i'm not really sure if there's anything that fans or anybody can kind of go away with well this is definitely going to happen this is definitely what this means right. <laughs> um, you know so i don't know i mean it's a good idea something they have to do to come together to kind of keep college football in their realm and getting away from them and a way to kind of go against the sec taking over things but what does it really I mean, for fans? What does it really mean? And that, I mean, maybe different scheduling, better scheduling, but when and how and how far down the road are either of us going to be even involved in college football by the time we see the right. reap the rewards of this with scheduling because of how far scheduling goes out at this point? Yeah, football, yes. Basketball, they could actually do it right as early as next year. Right. Football, no. Right, right. Now, excellent point. I'm looking at this from football lens, but um, yeah, that's that's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, men's and women's basketball, you know, they usually do a lot of scheduling, for the most part, during the off season. Uh, football's done right. years ahead of time, as you correctly pointed right. out, Frank. Years. Uh, right. So when this thing finally gets this weekend, we have week zero. Uh, it's uh, in fact, it's Nebraska and Illinois. They were supposed to play in Dublin, but it's going to be in Champaign. Uh, you and I have both been to Dublin and Champaign. Let's think about that. Dublin, Champaign, <laughs> Champaign. Okay, that's a different topic. Yeah. Uh, what's what? You know, just from a coverage point of view, from a work point of view, how excited are you for this season? Uh, just in general for college football. Yeah, I think there's a little trepidation, but I think excitement overall because, you know, I was talking, you know, mentioned to Jason is this that going to games last year, you knew they counted, but it was almost more like going to a practice. I mean, college football is the atmosphere, and that was not there at all in any form or fashion. At least this year, you have the promise of there being that. I mean, I guess you don't know exactly what's going to happen five, six weeks from now. But I mean, right now we're having fans in the stadium and hopefully safely. And there's going to be a feel that this is the way it should be. I mean, the games counted, but in a way kind of like, did they, I mean, they did, but did they really feel like they did last year in a lot of ways? To me, no. So. Right. Uh, So Penn state will open with Wisconsin. Well, I, well, Jack, Ham and I were trying to put our heads together the other night, thinking the last time that they had an opener like this, you know, even if it's non-conference. Uh, how, you know, in your opinion, what's the magnitude of just the opening game? 
You know, it's it's a good point because it's big in a sense of what you're saying. You know, you find out right away, so to speak, what you're made of, where you might be headed. But yet it's so early. I could see – and both of these teams, I think, are legitimate, talented teams that could go a long way. So I don't necessarily think a loss is going to break either of these teams. I could see the loser – rolling off, you know, five out of six wins after this or something like that. It's just, the, I guess it's the, the showpiece. I think it's almost more important, in a, maybe in a way for Penn State, confidence-wise, you know, they come in with the chip on their shoulder, so to speak, but they need their confidence. They got a new offensive coordinator. Um, I think a really good performance of victory might go, almost go further for Penn State than it would for Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin could lose this game and maybe people would be on them for a week or, but I think they're like a machine. I think they're going to be okay. Right. I think they, they're, they're good at what they do. People know it, but they're still good at it and they're going to be okay. I mean, Penn state's a little more volatile to me because there's things you just, you know, the ceiling's high, but you just don't know on some parts. And with some of the new things we met, mentioned, you know, I think confidence is, People can talk about it, right. but you earn it, really, to me, on the field. Absolutely, Frank. Excellent. I mean, look, uh, the talk is one thing, but talk can all end up being false bravado. I mean, you just got to go out and just, you know, you can talk it, but you got to go out and get it done. And that's the bottom line for, right. for everybody along the line. I don't care if you're Alabama, Penn State, or Ball State. You got to go out and just get it done. Right, and Penn State's coming off that really kind of, uh, I mean, I know they finished better but still a lot of questions and and these are young guys in their heads i mean how good are they against good teams yeah. you know they didn't really play a really good team at the end of last year that they could maybe feel like hey we can beat wisconsin we're and how's their new i mean it's a lot how their new offense kind of has to work right away yes from the first game and and like you pointed out, you don't see many first game or second, even second game matchups. They haven't played a rank. They haven't opened against a ranked team in 20 years, I think, against mm-hmm. Miami, and that was at home. And they haven't played a ranked team, I think, on the road since like 1985 opened up. Right. So yeah, they don't have a lot of comparisons in the recent 30 no. years. No, so. I mean, like there's been some kickoff classics, pigskin classic Arizona sure. here. USC played them in what ninety six two thousand and two thousand and mm-hmm. Nebraska nineteen eighty three Georgia Tech. I mean, but this is even different to me because of the crowd. I mean, you know, those were pro Penn State crowds, right? For and the this most a, part of the kickoff class, and this is a conference game, right? And this is conference at a tough, at a just a, you know, a, known as a tough place to play. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you and I've been there. I mean, I've been there several sure. times. So have you, you know what it's like there. Uh, so. Sean Clifford, when I've been asked about Sean Clifford, because obviously, you know, I do a number of these. So I get asked about Sean. I point out that Sean's made 20 starts in his career. People forget he did not start the Rutgers game in 19, and he didn't start the Iowa game last year. He didn't come in until the second half of the Iowa game last year. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the other 20 starts, I've broken it down this way. Okay, the, the four he started early last year, and then the other 16. And in the other 16, including the last four of last year, he threw 28 touchdowns, eight interceptions, and Penn State was 14-2. and two. Uh, To me, that's, when I look at Sean Clifford, 
that's the kind of production I think they're going to need out of him at three and a half to one touchdowns interceptions. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. And I would go in favor of Sean's going to be okay. You know, I think yes. he has enough of a resume. I agree. I, I know he has to kind, kind of so-called bounce back, but I think he can. To me, it's just keep him healthy. It's not, you know, and that's not really anybody's doing. That's probably more luck than anything. Mm-hmm. But keeping him, if you keep him healthy, I think he will be fine in the long run. I, I think his, his, to me, his background, his mentality, I'm a little surprised by some of the struggles, but yet I'm going with the overall package here, how he grew up, how he did in high school, how he did when he came to Penn. All of that, to me, outweighs the negative so far, and I think he's going to be good. Is there another aspect of the football team, Sean Clifford aside, that you're anxious to get a look at in in game action? Yeah, I want to see the linebackers perform. I mean, that's a big part of anybody's defense. Wisconsin has a really good set of them. Penn State, of course, that's one of their marquee spots. But I want to see how they do because is Brandon Smith going to be more – is he going to take that next step, be more like a – Micah Parsons game record type guy, you know, or, or just how consistent he's going to be with that. Curtis did a great talent, but we haven't seen him as a full-time starter. You know, how, how are they going to, are they going to play? How many guys are they going to play? Like what's Jesse Lakeda go? How's he going to factor into mm-hmm. that group? I mean, cause to me, they got to be strong up the middle. And I think at defensive tackle, they will be, um, and brisker in the back, certainly, but in that middle, in the middle of the field, I mean, to me, they just were at a transition mode last year. How are they going to be? You know, they got to be able to take over. They can't get pushed around. I mean, and you're going to see that as a big test, I guess, first up. And and maybe even in Ball State, who's a good team, too, the next week. I mean, how are the linebackers going to kind of control the game, the flow defensively? Right. I think it's going to be very important. No question, no question about that. Uh, Brisker, by the way, was named what a preseason All America. Uh, it's nice recognition. You want to see him be post postseason All America, but that's you know, uh, he got named that today. I think by by the AP. Uh, what do you think the transfers can mean? I know I've asked you about this before, so this is not a foreign question. But guys like Tangelo, guys like Epicady, Dixon, Lovett, uh, Wilson. What can what do you think they can mean for this team? Well, Penn State was so active in that regard, way more than they've ever been. So it's really an uncalled, like, we, we don't really know what to think about all the new right. faces in that regard. But I think they're good ones. I think Tangelo is going to, you know, he should, if he doesn't start, he, I mean, I would think he would start. But if he's not, he's going to play a lot. I would pencil him as steady. He, you know, Ibekiti's a, uh, I think he's, he's a big one. He's the biggest one for me to watch mm-hmm. because, I think he has a lot of potential, but until he transitions from what he did in the past in a school in a league that Temple plays in to the Big Ten, we don't know. At Penn State, I mean, they had quality guys at that position, but not as much production in some ways last year. But they need it. I mean, they lost one of their starting defensive ends. Everyone else is a question mark in one way or another. This kid has to kind of – I mean, they really need him to – to step up and be effective, uh, you know, I mean, to be a 
to be a guy they can count on to get in the backfield. Because I guess that's the other thing, aside from the linebackers, you know, who is going to get into the backfield on this defense? Right. You know, you hope Brandon Smith and Ibikidi do, but I mean, that's a, that to me, that's a question that's got to be answered as well, especially with Penn State's track record for doing that under Brent Pro. In fact, that's what I I decided to take a look yesterday at the career sack numbers of players. And, for example, Mustafer has two. Brandon Smith, I think, has two. Ebicady has six. He's the number one guy in terms of career sacks returning. I think, uh, I want to say, Ellis Brooks has four, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's That goes to your point. Okay, Who's going to be the one that gives you that kind of pressure that can give you, in the course of a 12-game regular season, maybe seven to nine sacks? Oh, they need that in this league. You got. I mean, and in this game, I mean, to me, the key to this game defensively is pressuring Graham Mertz, making him make some mistakes. Because I don't think Penn State's defense may stand a great chance of just going head to head, slugging it out with Wisconsin up front. I think they need to press the issue with some blitzing, some pressures, however they see fit, and make that quarterback make some mistakes. I mean, that's. That would be the biggest key for me. Frank, it is always a pleasure. Thanks so much, my friend. Can't can't wait to see you. Yes, all the best uh, the next week or two, and I look forward to seeing you Beaver Stadium, Steve. Absolutely. Thanks, Frank. Frank Bodani, back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection. Imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage.
Sports Talk, where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. High school football coming up tonight here on News Radio 1070 WKOK with Shikalimi playing tonight. And then also on Eagle 107, Sealands Grove, and also on 100.9, the Valley, Lewisburg tonight. So it's a big weekend of high school football. Now the weather's cleared up. It's a gorgeous night for high school football in our area tonight. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies and the pickle bar. Led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up now. Just go over now. Stock up for the weekend. It's going to be a bonanza, a football cleanse. Clemson's playing Georgia and Charlotte, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Madison. Notre Dame's playing this weekend against Florida State. Alabama's playing Miami. There's a lot of great stuff going on. Football is back in a big way. High school tonight, college tomorrow. College coming up on Sunday is a game Sunday, and a game on Monday as well. And then we get to the NFL next week. Stock up. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Sales staff that just works with you, and by the way, it's a great time to trade in. It is a great time to trade in. And a fabulous service department. It is all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. We'll stay on the football theme. Our thanks to Frank Bodani, who joined us in the opening half hour. We now turn our attention south to Reginald Walker, my old friend down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Reginald, welcome back. It is great to have you with us. Thanks for having me, Steve. I'm trying to be a winner, but I, I, I'm getting it from you. So that's where it started, and, and, and I've known you for quite a while. And uh, super cool to be back on with you. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of the Buckos. I will call them the Buckos. I spent enough time in State College to be able to do that. <laughs> but I'm going to leave you guys with this. Go Giants. That's where I stand in baseball. <laughs> what a year. What a year for the Giants. How about that? I mean, I thought that, you know, I think a lot of people thought, oh, yeah, they'll get to the end of June. They'll start to fade. They'll, nope. They just keep on winning. Amazing. I, I thought the same thing. I agree. All right. So uh, so let's get everybody up to date on where you are, what you're doing, and what your plans are going to be this season. Then we'll get into some general football stuff. Oh, wow. Uh, this will be a pretty busy season. Um, I thought I am- so. Yeah, I'm the uh, radio analyst for Gardner-Webb Football, which is an FCS program uh, in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Uh, they play in the Big South. Um, Gabe Wilkins, uh, one of the famous alums from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Trey Lamb, I, check this out, Steve. Coach Trey Lamb at Gardner-Webb uh, was hired in December of 2019. Um, he, fir- he coached his first game this past spring. So <laughs> he, he's, he's just looking forward to being able to coach in the fall. Uh, the cool thing for him is he finished two and two in the spring. 
Yeah. So he still has a 500 record going into <laughs> his career. So that's a good thing. Um, and then uh, I'll do some uh, TV, ESPN3, ESPN Plus for Charlotte 49ers. Right. And I'm also in the mix to potentially do some digital games uh, for big ESPN. So who knows where I'll be uh, from week to week. But uh, the cool thing for me is hopefully I get to spend a lot of time talking to you. And I have to study the country because I never know where I'll be. Exactly right. Uh, I have to ask you about the Gardner-Webb situation for a moment. When you talk to the coach, uh, something that was brought up a year ago when people were contemplating whether the Big Ten would go to the spring or pick up its, or start its season in late October, they were talking about playing a number of games in the spring and how it would affect the next season. When you talk to the Gardner-Webb people, they played four times in the spring. Any concern for them about the quick turnaround from spring to playing in the fall? For them, not as much because they didn't play the previous fall. So certain guys, especially the freshmen that came in uh, at the beginning of the academic year at the end of 2020, obviously August time frame, physically got a chance to get their bodies ready over a four, five, six-month period before February before ever having to try to play in a game. So from that standpoint, it helped them with the development there. Uh, but they're not totally concerned physically, but they are doing some things in fall camp, not necessarily quote-unquote vet days, um, but they're being a little more strategic with off days. And as you know, now without two-a-days being a thing anymore right. in fall camp, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, there's you know, quite a fact there's a little less hitting now, obviously, in, in, in training camp. Yeah, it's not completely wiped out, but there's a little bit less as mandated by the NCAA. All right, so obviously you always keep a, a close eye on what's going on in the Big Ten, Penn State. What do you think about the Big Ten? Now, this weekend, Nebraska plays Illinois to open on week zero. Everybody else, Minnesota's playing Ohio State on that Thursday night. Penn State's got Wisconsin on that Saturday. What do you think about opening with conference games as opposed to opening with somebody else and then getting to a conference game? I think this. I think opening with conference games creates a little more excitement. It creates a little more of a sense of urgency. I think it also creates uh, a little bit more of the right, the bragging rights, and and that kind of ratchets up from that standpoint. But to your point, when you do start with a conference game, <laughs> it's a little bit more like do or die for players and coaches, which I think is an interesting uh, dynamic. Uh, the other thing is, I think let's use Ohio State as a test case in this in this example. Right. Um, them going to Minnesota with a brand new starting quarterback. Right. CJ, we're going to find out. CJ's right. We're going to find out real fast if the Buckeyes are worthy of their ranking based on the fact they're changing quarterbacks, or if that ranking was a little inflated to start the season. And this is another reason why I'm not a big fan of preseason rankings. Right, because you can get because if they go to Minnesota and don't play well, let's just say they let's say they do lose, does it mean they're a bad football team? Not necessarily. We know that those receivers are two of the best in the country, right? We know that they can run the football with Master Teague. What we don't know is can Stroud carry the mail like Justin Fields did right. the last couple of years. If he can, they're worthy of that number. If he can't, or if he's not ready yet, right? He needs a couple of games to get there. That's where there's concern. So I think going back to your initial question, starting with a conference game with a new and a young quarterback, um, that's a little bit more dangerous. I think most coaches will tell you they don't have a problem with it. For instance, James Franklin probably is not worried about going to Wisconsin because he knows that uh, Sean Clifford has been there before 
and so he doesn't have to be that concerned about Clifford walking into that new environment. Right, yeah. He can go in there as a veteran with 20 starts under his belt, uh, which makes which makes a big difference. And when you've been around teams with veteran quarterbacks, when you've been around that, what kind of difference does that make on the sideline? I'm talking about in practice, in sideline, in a huddle. Just the general, when you have a veteran quarterback, what difference does that make, Reginald? It's a poised concept, right? You go in there and you know that the guy that has to make it all go can make it all go. You're not worried about how he'll react to the environment, if the noise will impact him. Can he communicate? Is the playbook, right? And this is one of those ones. If you remember back, I believe it was, I'm going to take us back, Rob Bolden, right? Remember when he came in? He came in in August and took over the job. And the first thing I said to everybody is I said, either that guy's the second coming of who knows, (laughs) or that's an indictment on maybe some of the other guys that are there. If he can come in and process and pass them that quickly. And I wasn't sliding those guys. What I meant was, can he walk into a brand new environment that he's never been in with a full playbook and be able to execute every bit of communication? That is very difficult to do as a first-time starter. Um, And so when you have a veteran guy like that, when you know that, you know, for instance, even I'll go back to 2005, a guy like Michael Robinson, granted, I was gone that year, but a guy like Michael he had played so much football that you weren't worried about him walking right. into an environment as a, you know, the new starter, if you will, because he had been around and he had done it before. So as players, you realize then I don't have to do anything extra to save my quarterback. I just have to be myself. Right. And again, with Michael Robinson, as you pointed out, he had played so much. It may not have been quarterback, but he quarterbacked every practice. I mean, this is a right. I mean, Michael quarterbacked every practice, but played in game, tailback, slot guy. Uh, you know, uh, they bring him in in a wildcat situation. Uh, you know, he threw a touchdown pass for goodness sakes to Zach Mills. Yeah, I mean, people forget that? people forget that that against Illinois, Michael Robinson threw a touchdown pass to Zach Mills on a play. But when a guy's out there every single day, it makes a big difference. And not only that, what does it mean the fact that they've developed? Uh, bonds in the locker room with a guy that's that's a veteran quarterback. Well, I think that's the biggest key, and I think that's why I have so much confidence that Sean Clifford's going to bounce back this year yeah. uh, from some of his struggles last year. Uh, whether it's guys like Parker Washington, uh, John Dodson, uh, those running backs, they're going to get Noah Kane back, right? But you still have the young backs in, in, in Holmes uh, as well. And, and when you have that, and those guys know that you can make those plays, and now a guy like Clifford who's been around, he can just look out there to Parker or just look out there uh, to Dotson, and those guys know that he's seeing the same thing that they see. Those types of things seem small, but they're such a big part of the game in college football, especially on the road. When a place like Wisconsin, and out just for anybody that hasn't been there, that is, to me, it's not the biggest stadium in the country. But to me, it's the loudest stadium in the Big Ten. I'll say it again. It's the loudest stadium in the Big Ten in terms of being a road team. Now, I've never been in Beaver Stadium as a road team, so (laughs) that's a whole different conversation. But it's the loudest stadium in the Big Ten. And and so when you go into an environment like that, and it's going to be to start the season, they didn't have fans most of last year, if at all, all of a sudden those fans are going to be extra jacked up. And for those that don't know, they can drink some cold ones inside of Camp Randall. Wisconsin's different. Yep. So they're going to be lathered up. It's a, it's a, you know, that whole scene 
is going to be interesting. So to have a guy like Sean Clifford with those receivers that he's been around is going to make their life that much easier. Offensive linemen that have experience, have played in games, that communication, the nonverbal, is going to be important, and they're going to be able to do it because they have a guy that they know is seeing the same things that they're seeing. And here's a point I'll make here in the form of a question. And the point is this. A year ago, nobody had to worry about going to somebody's stadium with noise. Nobody did. I mean, so, I mean, that that goes to your point about the difference it makes that, well, Mike Miranda's been there as an offensive lineman before. Uh, you know, Walker's been there as an offensive lineman, not at Wisconsin. He's been there. Clifford is a quarterback. Dotson is a wide receiver where they've had to go through with crowd noise. The younger players, the, the true freshmen, never have had to do that before, Reginald. Not only the true freshmen, but even the redshirt freshmen. Right. Think about it like this. Let's, let's, I'll go right back to Ohio State. Stroud is a redshirt freshman. That kid's never seen fans in college football. That's right. He, he's not seen it. Right. So it, it's one thing to see it you know, for the first time at home. It's another thing. The first time you're going to see it is on the road, and you're the guy under center that has to make it all work. That can be daunting. Now, if he plays through that with no issue, that tells you he's ready to take certain steps right. in his career. But chances are it could impact um, the way he plays at least early on until he gets comfortable. The, now, the positive thing for him in being on the road at Minnesota is it's not November. That's going to help him. <laughs> yeah, because if it were November, time. forget about it. I've been, I've been to Minnesota in November. I've also done basketball in Minnesota in January and February. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, as, as someone who – and one of the things I'm happy about is that I'm not, I am no longer a college football player that has to go to uh, Minnesota now that they have built a new stadium on campus. Because yeah. remember, the old Metrodome, yeah. the, the only time Beautiful. you were cold was walking from the bus to the locker room. I know. Now, you're cold the entire time. It, is, it gets frigid up there. It sure does. Uh, what was the reaction down in ACC country to what to Texas and Oklahoma? Panic. It, it was utter panic because then the next the next rumors you heard right were that uh, Clemson and and somebody else was looking at breaking off and what if they try to add Clemson to the league and then it was well we got to get Notre Dame to join a conference now give them an ultimatum yesterday it was utter panic because it's already a league that and, a, and an area of the country that they're quick to remind you that it's about basketball, but at the same time they'll try to tell you that they're being disrespected a lot in football. Uh, the reality of the situation is you have to win those big games um, to, to, to get past that stigma, and until they do consistently, that's going to continue. So there was a lot of panic and a lot of concern because it was it – was, uh, the first response from everybody was, well, we're going to have to respond. We have to do something um, to get back on the same wavelength. And the thing that I continue to remind people is, whether it's 14 or 16, I think you're in a safe place. Right. If, you're, if, if you're, to me, because people said to me, well, what does the Big Ten do? And I go, well, if you're not adding Notre Dame, you're not doing anything. Right, exactly. Um, so there's no point in moving. Now, right. what I think could be interesting is, is, is if – you can convince Notre Dame to sit down with NBC and say, hey, come with us, right, and, and put a doubleheader on NBC every week in whatever conference we go to, 
And now you have three tiers, if you will, right? Whether it's the ESPN or Fox, right? Depending on ACC or Big Ten, plus your conference network, plus NBC. Right. Now, if you have three tiers of TV rights at that level, now you're doing something and the money is moving and now you're going to take control. Right. But unless you're going to bring Notre Dame and the NBC money, I don't know how you're adding any real dollar figures to what you're trying to do. Exactly. Always a pleasure, my friend. Great to have you back on the show. Look forward to talking again. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And uh, always good time to talk to Steve Jones because not only are you the man and the voice, <laughs> but you also taught me in school. How about that? Well, maybe I got one right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you very much. Take care. Be well. Reginald Walker joining us down south, giving us his perspective. Great as always. Great to have you with us on the show today. Donnie Collins a little bit later in the show in the next hour. Looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, plenty going on with uh, high school football coming up tonight with Shikalimi here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And Sealands Grows playing tonight in Eagle 107. 100.9 The Valley is. Obviously, the Lewisburg games. It was great to have our high school football roundtable yesterday, which is always fun. It's informative. And uh, uh, we have a great, great set of announcers. Yes, that includes the suit. Everyone knows I think the world of the suit. I really do, believe it or not. And, of course, the Chief Dave Ritchie are on together tonight. Uh, And uh, this should be a a lot of fun. Look, let's get some points this week. Okay, guys? Let's go all, all of our area teams. Go get some points tonight. Last week was just, in terms of uh, the ability to get some points, eh, wasn't that great. Okay? So now let's just go out and get some points, have some fun. And then we'll get back to work next week. We will not have a show, by the way, on Monday. It's Labor Day. So I'm going to put my feet up, and you know, I'll be putting my feet up preparing for Ball State. First things first, but I got to take care of this one on Saturday. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, so that will be the story. No show on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday and we'll break down the Penn State Wisconsin game and start transitioning and getting ready for Ball State, which will be the first game in front of a full Beaver Stadium since November 2019. Yikes. Think about that. That's 21 months. I uh, can't wait to see it. I mean, it's, uh, obviously, tomorrow I'll go to Camp Randall. It'll be better than 70000 As I've said before, in the last 19 months since the Cotton Bowl game, 20 months, 20 months, I guess it's been 20 months since the Cotton Bowl game. In the last 20 months, the two largest crowds I've seen have been the blue-white practice game, uh, practice that Jack and I broadcast that had about 7,000 at it. Sounded like 70,000. And a baseball game I did at Medlerfield Lebron Park on the 4th of July that drew a record crowd of 7,183. The park seats 5570, and they drew 7183 for it. Those are the two largest crowds I've seen in the last 20 months. And it wasn't as if I didn't travel last year. I went to Nebraska last year, went to Michigan, I went to Indiana, I went to Rutgers, I went to Virginia Tech. They, uh, I, mean, I went places last year, plus doing games in Beaver Stadium in the Jordan Center. So tomorrow will be the largest crowd I've seen in 20 months. And they'll have 70,000-plus at Camp Randall tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll have a kickoff of noon. We're on beginning at 10.30. 
Jack Ham and I will have the broadcast for you right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK and the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Pickle bar, second to nine all at Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK.